<laughs> yeah, the more I like sort of hang out with people and talk to them about their school experiences, I, I just realize more and more how very different my upbringing was <laughs> you're do- well for me I'm doing a lot of maths when I'm there like I'm not very good at maths but when I'm like I'm doing a lot of like have you seen that meme of the lady who's got all the equations like yeah, above her head? Around, yeah. yeah that's what I'm like the whole time at dark press I'm like watching everyone seeing how much speed they're using like seeing how they're running into lips everything they're doing like okay. to try and work out what I need to like, do so yeah. you know at the time of year where you hit sponsors up I would like smash the emails out <laughs> get like a new CV going, get everything going, send it off to like a million sponos um, and no one would ever be keen. But Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and this is the Downtime Podcast where we're going to be taking you deeper than ever into the gravity-based side of mountain biking. This week we've got an awesome offer on the must-have 2023 yearbooks from Miss Spent Summers and our We Are One discount code is still active too. My misspent summer's yearbooks for downhill and enduro arrived this week and I've already spent a couple of lovely hours reading them. The yearbooks are the perfect Christmas present for you or a friend or partner who rides. As a downtime listener, you can get 10% off the yearbooks and everything else misspent summers until the end of the year using the code downtime at misspentsummers.com. So whether you want yearbooks, downtime EP or some awesome clothing, then you can get 10% off your Christmas shopping right now over at misspentsummers.com. Also, until the end of the year, you can get 20% off We Are One's Convergence Rims and Wheel Sets. If you listen to the podcast regularly, you'll know that I love We Are One's wheels. For many years now, I've been using them and benefiting from their incredible robustness and great ride feel that strikes a balance between compliance and stiffness to give you a ride that's direct but not harsh. Downtime listeners get an extra special 20% off for the month of November by using the code DOWNTIMENOVEMBER2023 at the checkout over on weareonecomposites.com. That's Downtime with a capital D, November with a capital N, and the number 2023 with no spaces over at weareonecomposites.com. It's the time of the year where people are asking you what you want for Christmas or you need to buy presents for your friends and loved ones. Well, you may have spotted there's a new downtime logo and the web store is now updated with tons of new merch, including updates to t-shirts, hoodies and sweatshirts, plus the addition of mugs, stickers and big tote bags to pack your riding gear into. I've also added some bundles which enable you to save money when you buy a few bits together. Also, while in the past it's all been printed in the UK, we now have a decent chunk of the products also available from a US-based facility. So if you're based in the US and you've previously been put off by the shipping prices, head back over to downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop and you should be able to get them delivered for much less. So if it's t-shirts, sweatshirts and hoodies or mugs, stickers and totes, we've got them at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. Merch is great, but if you really want to support the podcast financially and help it keep going through what's going to be a challenging year for 2024, then Patreon is the best way to do it. You can head over to patreon.com forward slash downtime podcast and set up a regular donation. Also, I've recently added access to the downtime EP subscriber area to all the £5 and £10 Patreon members. So that means you'll get digital copies of the magazines and some extra things to download too. If Patreon isn't right for you, then sharing the podcast with your friends is also an awesome way to help out and spread the word. Don't forget to follow the podcast to make sure you never miss an episode. You can do that by hitting that button in your podcast app now, or there's buttons for all the major platforms to help you over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow. You can either listen to today's episode right here, or if you'd prefer to watch it, you can now do that over on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash at downtime podcast. I've been working hard to try and improve my video production, and I think it's starting to look pretty decent now. I'll also pop a link to the video and everything else I've mentioned in this intro in the show notes over on my website, downtimepodcast.com. All right, today I'm joined by Vero Sandler. 
Ferro has had an interesting five years since she last appeared on the podcast, moving from downhill racing into the freeride world. We chat about her move to Santa Cruz, competing in the X Games Real MTB series, and find out what it's like to ride at Darkfest. Hear how Vero's unusual childhood helped shape the creativity that she has today and why some of the best freeriders on the planet will be visiting her backyard next year. Vero also shares details of her recent concussion and how meditation was a key part of her recovery. So without further ado, here's Vero Sandler. Vero Sandler, welcome back to the Downtime Podcast. We were just chatting before we hit record. It was five years since you came on the podcast, 2018. I know, it's crazy. Time flies. Stoked to be back on. Thank you. Yeah, it um, it feels like it was like the beginning of something new for you. Like when we sat down before, you just stepped away from racing. You made that tough decision um, and you were going to like focus on more the sort of free ride side of things. And I think your, your social media had started to build from that anyway. Yeah. But was Looking back, was that a hard decision to make at that point to, to make that step away from racing? Uh, no, that was like actually just a really natural decision. Like I just um, had ra- racing is sort of just phased out for me. Like I'd put a lot of time and effort into it and um, I loved it for a period of time and that just sort of fell out of love for it. So it was kind of just a natural, I, I was never trying to get into free ride. It was just a natural sort of progression towards stopping racing and then just I was just like, I'm just going to ride for fun now. I was actually going to go to uni and do some stuff there. And um, then I ended up, I applied for um, a uni course. And then they were like, yeah, cool. We've got into the course. And I didn't read the thing properly. And it turned out the campus was like hours away from where I was living. (laughs) So I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that actually. Um, So yeah, I just started riding for fun. And I I was just working. And when I lived in Bristol, I just working random jobs. Um, And I just started riding with a different approach, basically. Like I wasn't riding... When I race, I used to, you know, I always wanted to do good at the races. So every time I rode, I would like be almost training, like I'd yeah. be going down the trail, trying to get to the bottom as fast as I could or try to hit things like as fast as I could. And I was never really getting creative and playing around and stuff. So it was a completely new type of riding that um, opened itself up to me. Um, and then I just started exploring that and getting more and more into it. And I was just absolutely loving it. And then it sort of like naturally progressed into more of a free ride sort of style of riding, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And it felt like, like through your <laughs> racing career, it was yeah a lot of work, like a bit of a struggle to kind of, yeah. you know, bring in the sponsorship and get the support that you needed and sure. you wanted to make that happen. Yeah. And it feels like as soon as you, and maybe it's just from looking from the outside, it feels this way, but as soon as you sort of stepped away from racing and started doing what you really wanted to do, it felt like things just clicked into place and, support seemed to come your way did it feel like that to you or was it still oh, a real yeah. hard graft like no like a hundred percent like when I was racing I actually I never had any I had like a couple brands who used to float me product yeah um but I was never actually properly sponsored to the point where I was getting like financial support to go to events and stuff um but I was really trying like I would I would email every like you know at the time of year where you hit sponsors up I would like smash the emails out <laughs> get like a new CV going, get everything going, send it off to like a million sponos um, and no one would ever be keen. But um, as my riding sort of naturally progressed into the more like free ride side of things, also like, I don't know, just randomly I started getting emails off companies rather than like hassling them and sending emails out. Um, so it just fully flipped on its like on its head basically and people were super interested in hooking me up, which yeah. was sick. I was That's like, cool, eh? sick, I get to like, do this type of riding that I really, really enjoy. And also people were 
wanting to hook me up it's yeah. literally the dream so yeah, totally. yeah that was really cool do you, do you ever think about why like do you, do you have a feel for why um, things change I mean like to be honest I was never really a good racer like okay. I don't I, I like 100% didn't didn't deserve to get hooked up properly and like paid to go and race uh-huh. um because I just wasn't getting really good results um but I guess this type of riding I was doing like the new type of riding I was doing and I was like posting a lot on Instagram showing my progression people were like really motivated by that yeah um I guess like it just is more valuable to a company than someone who's doing races and not doing very well at them. So it just makes sense really. Yeah. It's yeah. cool though, isn't it? How you can like, flick a switch almost by doing something you love Yeah, and suddenly it all falls your way. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. And you started off that journey with Marin bikes and then in 2021 you ended up moving over to Santa Cruz, which I've heard you describe as like a childhood dream. Yeah. How, how did that come about? Um, yeah. I mean, at f- actually very first, um, at the very start of that, that whole journey, Wide Open Mag hooked me up. Um, and then through them, Marin UK or Marin UK came through with yeah. um, a bit of support, which was really cool. And then I started riding for them properly. And um, they really like helped, but well, gave me the opportunity to like give me creativity and like I could grow into the, I guess, free ride athlete that I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, so huge big up to Marin and to Wide Open because they really like opened that door for me. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like through doing that stuff for a couple of years, Santa Cruz came knocking on the door, which was insane. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> quite amazing. believe it. Yeah. Because, um, you know, yeah, obviously it's like, it's an amazing brand and something I, actually when I was a kid, I was loaned a Santa Cruz Driver 8, which is like a big, chunky old yeah. sort of free ride bike. Um, someone lent it to me for a couple of races. And ever since then, I've been like a huge fan <laughs> of the brand. So yeah, when they, when they hit me up, um, Obviously, I was insanely hyped and yeah, that's the rest is history, really. Yeah, that's amazing. Was there ever a chance that you'd be a Juliana athlete rather than a Santa Cruz athlete? Because Santa Cruz still have this like split <coughs> thing where they have a, a female version of mm. a lot of the bikes with the Juliana branding on it. Like, was that, a, was that a thought in this whole conversation or was it always a Santa Cruz thing? Um, It was actually, it was always a Santa Cruz thing. Like the Juliana brand was never actually mentioned. Okay. Um, But after I signed with them and I like sort of announced that I was riding for Santa Cruz, I had loads of messages from people like, why aren't you on Juliana? Cause I guess people just like associate that with women. Yeah. Um. Uh. So yeah, I, but I just said, I don't know like that's just always been it's always been a Santa Cruz thing and yeah. um through sort of chatting to those guys I think they have the Juliana brand but they're sort of trying to stare it more uh, uh, like slowly but surely I think they're trying to stare it more down the path of um people who are getting into riding cruising okay. and stuff and and they have like I guess the more like extreme uh-huh. athlete women athletes yeah um on the Santa Cruz bikes like they've got Nina Hoffman on the race team who's yeah. smashing it um <clears throat> they've got myself and they've got a couple of other like really amazing female riders um pushing this whatever categories of the sport they're doing yeah um but yeah the Juliana bikes are sick and they do really cool paint jobs yeah so I'm a big fan of them as well but yeah I don't know that just was never um mention and yeah. I'm just stoked on it yeah and there isn't a Juliana version of the V10 I guess which is a bike mm. that's yeah, an important yeah, yeah. part of your yeah like the fleet. V yeah the V10 is like the my my the most important important part of my fleet so yeah um yeah I don't know that's that's been asked me quite a few times and I don't really have like a super clear answer for it but Fair. just roll with it I guess yeah it's all yeah. good isn't it yeah and then how does it work then so you obviously when you're a racer brands kind of know what they're buying into but when you're more on the free ride side of things, like things are maybe a little bit more loose. 
how do you, when you're working with a brand like that, sort of looking to sign deals and stuff, how do they know what you're going to do for them kind of thing? Like, um, yeah, I mean, like what bring for me, where I see, where I think I bring value to a brand or what I'll chat about the sponsors. Like if I'm chatting about a new, if I'm chatting about a new deal with like a new sponsor or something, um, we'll just go through my plans for the next year of like what events I'm doing video projects. That's like a really, for me, that's a really important thing. It's like one of my favorite things to do. And I think that's like one of the things that's really valuable to a brand as well. You know, if you put out, if you bring out some really cool ideas, um, creatively, that's an asset to them. Um, and then you can put out some really cool video content and stuff that they can use and that you're stoked on. You can use for your social media or their YouTube, whatever you, whatever ways you want to go with it. Um, so that's a big part of it. Um, then there's like, Oh, I mean, like for me, it's just, there's, there's, I have a million ideas and every year I'm just like trying to get support to make them all happen. So, um, that's what I think brands are super stoked on that. Just that you bring fresh ideas and have, and you're motivated to yeah. make stuff happen, basically. That's cool. And yeah. I guess it's harder and harder for brands to stand out, right? There's so much content yeah. being produced that having someone that's maybe taking a slightly different approach to things, like, it, yeah. it helps them, right? It gives yeah. them that freedom to yeah. have something different and stand out yeah, in the yeah. market. Definitely. Yeah. Like, I mean, I have so many ideas and and so many things I want to make happen. And, like, a lot a lot of the time I'll approach companies, I'll be like, no, absolutely not, you know, but that's just like a, a risk you take, I guess. Like then some of them they hear and they're like, yo, that's sick. Let's do it. Yeah. So it's just seeing which ideas that you have align which, with which brands and trying to make stuff happen throughout the year. And then also like trying to find the time to make it all happen. Cause I'm like, I have so many things I want to do. And then there's, it takes up, there's a lot, it, like it's a lot of work and you're like, I want to do them all, but I don't have time. And then, yeah. So you just got to like pick and choose which ones yeah. um, are going to be the best. And so far, like the last couple of years I've been so stoked on like the projects and events I've been to and stuff. So I just want to keep that rolling. Yeah. It's been a good few years and that, that Santa Cruz era for you, it feels like the first time I saw you on a Santa Cruz was that X Games yeah. real MTB edit, which was huge, but you nearly missed that opportunity, right? The email uh, dropped into a junk folder with the with x game yeah yeah and actually like <laughs> i mean like actually as i it dropped into a junk folder and then i had this old shitty email address and it would delete my junk after like a couple of weeks so i actually only caught it on like the last couple of days <laughs> before it was gone forever um and i did see it one day and i saw it and i was like oh that's that's probably like some sort of scam so i just didn't even <laughs> open it and then I like the next day I went back on it. I was like, I just just in case there's a chance it's actually from like X Games, I'm gonna open it. And then I open it. I was like, oh my god, like what? So yeah, that was sick. Yeah. Super stoked. And yeah, that was my so basically that's that was my first time riding a Santa Cruz and um it was a pretty cool way to like start the relationship. Definitely. And in front of a huge audience and up against like an incredible roster of riders. Well, it must yeah. have been super, both flattering and intimidating yeah. to be lined up amongst that group. Yeah, massively. I mean, like as much as the opportunity was so exciting and so insane, um, it was a lot of work because it was COVID. We couldn't travel anywhere, so we couldn't go to like a cool location to build jumps in a sunny spot or anything like that. So we were stuck here in the middle of winter in Wales. Um, I mean, obviously Braga, he had like the most gnarly conditions, so I can't complain. But um <laughs> Yeah, there was, we had a lot of battles with weather and stuff, which obviously made it all the more like rewarding at the end. But um, being like being involved in that list of riders was 
extremely intimidating and very scary. Like I, I like just as a person, I just, I put a lot of pressure on myself uh-huh. all the time anyway. Cause I, I'm just like, always want to do my best. That sort of vibe, you know? So yeah. that like being up against those guys, I mean, not that I would ever, I, I was never trying to compete with them anyway. I just wanted to do my best. Cause that's all you can do really. Um, but it definitely played in the back of my mind a bit. And I was pretty, pretty worried about like how people were going to perceive it up against <laughs> like a Seminac video. <laughs> so it was scary, but we had a really good time making it. Um, I had a sick crew like helping me out and super stoked with the final product. It was a sick time. Yeah, it turned out really well, actually. Cheers. But it must have been hard. Like you say, you're in a Welsh winter. You, you've made this decision. You come from New Zealand, but you've made this decision at the moment to live in North Wales, which yeah. is not renowned for its like sunny climate no is that is it a hard place to be doing what you do because surely like dry weather and yeah. like dry trails is the the dream for any kind of freeride athlete yeah I mean it is the dream for sure but I, I don't know I love it here like there's in the winter there's a lot of you know the conditions are horrendous um but in some ways I, I kind of I enjoy having a summer and a winter because in winter you completely change up what you're doing obviously in summer we're like so I mean actually I'll start with winter and winter we're like digging loads pretty much like the whole time we're digging uh-huh. we, we try to ride as much as we can but we put so much time into building new stuff um and then when the weather sort of turns it's like a big reward of like now you get to sort of like just experience all the sick stuff that you've put so much time and effort into um so it's cool having that balance, I think. And it's a completely different, like, yeah, it's like a complete two lives, basically. Yeah. Um, And I love, I mean, I used to do summers all the time back to back when I was racing and stuff, which is really cool. But I do, I do love having a bit of a downtime where you can just like mash about in the mud, ride <laughs> motos, do loads of digging. And yeah. then when the summer comes around, you can just like make the most of that as well. It makes you appreciate each one, I think. It's yeah. But hard to film and edit in, right? You were, oh, yeah. you were digging, trying to dig deep yeah, to yeah. get dry dirt out and oh, yeah. like, like, pack turns and yeah. stuff for that. Edit. And like building jumps and then they'll just collapse, build them again, collapse again. Like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if you're trying to film and edit, particularly um, a jump line in winter, that is very tech. Yeah. And there's a, there were some big struggles for sure. <laughs> and a lot of that, well, I think all of that maybe was filmed at Revolution Bike Park, which is super close to where you live here. Yeah. Um, you had the Revolution, uh, sorry, the Vision Line there as well at Revolution yeah. Bike Park, which was an incredible thing. It must have been really sad for you to see that close kind of this time last year with the Larch disease yeah. and the need to fell the place. Like, was that a big blow to not have Revolution as a, a place you can go ride? Yeah, 100%. Like, yeah, that was a that was a sad sad news when that came out. Um, and like Revs is pretty much the reason I've moved to this area. Like okay. I, I used to live in South Wales, which I loved. Yeah. Um, but when we started doing Vision Movie, um, I was coming up here a lot to you know work with those guys on on the Vision line and stuff. And um, I ended up being like, this is so sick up here, so I'm <laughs> going to move up here. There's a cool like I have an amazing crew up here as well, so that was a big part of it. But Revs was like the main attraction that drew me to this area. So um, yeah, when those guys announced the whole thing, that was really sad. Um, but I've got yeah, I see them every now and then, and they seem to have some really cool ideas for the future. So I'm optimistic, and I hope they can make something cool happen. Yeah, so. I've heard I heard rumors of an indoor jump spot yeah there in, like in the old car park yeah for starters. that's been a yeah i don't know nothing's set in stone but that's one of the ideas that they have yeah um sort of to start things like start things off and get them going again because yeah. obviously like 
the whole hillside has felled and it's going to be pretty different up there. Yeah. Um, but they're like, yeah, they're just super motivated to keep stuff going and hopefully they'll get stuff up and running. And I mean, for me, I'll be so, so stoked if an indoor park was on the horizon because our favorite um, indoor park ramp one, which is up in Warrington, has yeah. just shut down. So that sucks. We're uh, so yeah. gutted about that. Yeah. So fingers crossed, Come revs. On, like, revs. Come yeah, on, that'd revs. be insane. And yeah. I'll do anything to try and like help out to make that happen. But yeah. Um, but yeah, like if anything, I'm just super grateful for all the stuff that I, I like all the stuff we worked on together and all the memories that we've made, like riding up there, all the progression, like vision lines. I mean, there's insane amounts of cool stuff that's gone down on that line. So yeah. just grateful for everything yeah, that those guys been, have done. Must have been cool every time you go there to see that line that you were yeah. such a big part of yeah. and to see people riding it because it's, yeah. I guess, one of the most accessible like big jump lines in maybe in certainly in the uk maybe in the world like it's so well built yeah for sure i think it yeah it was a at the time it was like a revolutionary thing like people came from all over the world to ride that and i think it's like definitely started off started the ball rolling with like jump line there's jump lines all over the uk now at bike parks like really sick ones yeah so yeah i think it that vision with vision line they did they've done a lot of stuff really good stuff for the uk riding scene yeah um so yeah and it's still there like they haven't actually felled onto it or anything uh, so, okay it's still yeah. intact i haven't seen it like up close or anything but yeah. i'd love to go and check it out because i've heard it's like looking pretty good to be fair uh, so yeah okay. yeah i drove i drove past to go to a race at Riddifellin just down the road nice. and it just felt so weird seeing the hill yeah. like barren with no it's trees mad. on it but yeah i haven't looked at what state the trails are in and because vision line was you know it's so well built and yeah. so solid that it's gonna even with a bit of machinery it's gonna stay yeah yeah pretty strong yeah so. vision line and they've kept 50 to 1 like oh, yeah. pretty intact as well so yeah. um i don't know if you've got plans for them but it's just sick that they're that they're not like fully disintegrated and yeah because that would be sad i'd probably shed a tear about that <laughs> yeah, it would be a big deal yeah. yeah hopefully we'll see those back open soon i, I wanted to talk a bit about creativity because i feel like it's a big part of what you do and what makes you <clears throat> tick and like digging into your history it feels like your upbringing was a big part of like firing up that creative side in you. Can you tell us a bit about your upbringing? So I think you spent quite a lot of time outside, not too much technology. You went to a Steiner school as well, which is pretty different. Yeah, yeah, very different. <laughs> yeah, the more I like sort of hang out with people and talk to them about their school experiences, I, I just realized more and more how very different my upbringing was. <laughs> um, but it's interesting because like, even though I had a very different upbringing to a lot of uh I mean, people, kids who went to normal schools and mm. had all that technology in their lives, like you still end up in the same place with the same interests. So I think yeah. it's pretty sick. But yeah, um, basically, so both my parents were Steiner school teachers. Okay. Um, so we were brought up in a very heavy, heavy Steiner household. Yeah. Um, and they stuck pretty hard to like the sort of Steiner ethos. Yeah. What, is, what um, are the kind of principles of Steiner? Like, how would you explain it? I mean, my parents would probably ha- tell me I was completely wrong. <laughs> the way I explain it but for me it was like um I mean at like the school itself it's very creative and it doesn't focus on academics until you get a bit older basically they believe that um you don't need to drum academic things into kids from a young age and that there's a certain age which is appropriate for you to start learning that stuff and that you pick it up just as fast from I mean I guess around like the age of nine Uh you pick it up because you're the right age to pick it up and then you sort of take it from there. But there's a lot of, I mean, you start, like I started school when I was almost seven. Okay. Um, 
and you sort of you do a lot of just creative stuff like you do a lot of drawing you do a lot of making of things like you do a lot of woodwork and um a lot of like you, they call it handwork so uh-huh. like knitting and crocheting all that kind of stuff nice. um um and then you sort of learn the maths and english and science all that kind of stuff like a little bit later on but yeah i mean through my own experience you do pick it up just as fast and you do end up on the same sort of page as kids who have started learning it from the age of five mm-hmm. um but yeah it was, it was i mean it was a cool way to grow up for me like because my both my parents were t- steiner teachers and taught at the school I was at it wasn't very cool like I <laughs> I wasn't very cool it wasn't very cool that they were the teachers yeah um, and I was always a little bit self-conscious of like how hardcore Steiner we were um because there was other kids who were allowed to watch tv and stuff like that and I was just never allowed to um we, we didn't have any any tech tech stuff like that basically. no tv no tv no, no phones, phones nothing yeah. like that um which I thought was so lame at the time, but actually it was cool because it encouraged like me and my brother Leo would just go outside and we'd like just play around, mash about. Um, when we were, I don't know what age, but we just start. We had like a little bit of forest behind our house, and we'd just like build really sketchy trails and do all that kind of stuff, which was yeah. really cool. Um, but f- for the social aspect, it was it was definitely like difficult because we couldn't engage in conversations about what TV showed like been playing the night before or anything like that so I always felt like a bit lame um <laughs> but that's just like kids stuff isn't it yeah totally um, but yeah so I guess yeah just encourage more of a sort of outdoorsy creative lifestyle and yeah that's what I've that's what I've, I'm always just constantly drawn to so yeah it just continues to be a thing that I'm into so would you change cool. would you change anything about that childhood now you talk about this like the awkward moments of the other kids like, oh, did you see whatever last night and you didn't have the telly? Like, would you go back and change that? Or do you feel like it's given you a big part of what enables you to do what you do now? Um, I think like, I don't think I'd change it. If you would have asked me when I was like 12, I'd be like, (laughs) yeah, change it all. (laughs) But in a way it was like, I mean, there's just like a bit of sort of like bullying that comes with that, I guess. Like, you're like you don't really fit in yeah you're wearing like this i mean like we'd be wearing like all these knitted clothes and stuff and the other kids would be like oh that's so lame so there's like like socially it's a bit awkward but um but there are other hardcore steiner kids at the school too so it was fine you know okay um but yeah i, w- I don't think i'd change it i i don't fully believe that being that hardcore against like technology and stuff is gonna make i guess like their reasoning behind it was they didn't want us to be hooked on like gaming and watching TV and and just be like a couch potato basically. But I think it can go the other way as well. You know, if you like deprive kids of that too much, then they like really, really want it. And they like, yeah. And I've seen that with like other kids um, who I was at school with and other friends. They're just now all they do is like sit, sit behind the TV and just hang out because they like, felt like they missed that part throughout their whole childhood. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, luckily for me, it, it's not been like that. But, I mean, as well, if that's what you're into, then yeah, it's, it's, it can go either, either way. But, I like, personally for me, I don't think I'd change. I wouldn't change it. Yeah. I probably wouldn't do the same if I had kids. Okay. But, I yeah, I don't regret. I don't hate it. I wouldn't change yeah. anything about it. That's cool. And you're musical as well, right? You play, is it violin? Yeah, so when I was growing up, that was something my mum was like, 
very adamant on that we learned to play instruments. So yeah. what I really like about the way she raised us is that everything had to be balanced. You uh-huh. know, like there was n- there was never like this is what you know. I mean, like say for example, mountain biking. We didn't start that until we were a bit older. But if we were into mountain biking from a young age, it wouldn't have been go out and ride bikes every single day. It would be like make sure you're playing a musical instrument as well, or make sure you're doing like. I don't know something just something to like balance things out yeah um so we played I played the piano and the violin from a pretty young age uh-huh. um, my brother played a couple of different instruments um and then yeah so violin was my main instrument and I played that until I basically till I left school and I still every now and then when I get a chance I play it but nice. um it's just a really cool thing to have like sort of to do if I if I ever have time now and I really enjoy yeah. like whipping it out and having a little sesh. It's nice, sick. That's cool. Does that musical side like carry over into your edits and stuff? Are you kind of fussy about how they feel from a musicality <clears throat> perspective or are you purely focused on the riding? Yeah, it's really important to me that, I mean, like I put so much sort of energy in, and like, yeah, I just put a lot of energy into making these edits and a lot of my, yeah, everything goes into them. And if, if there's a tune on them that doesn't, that I don't love, then it will just feel like, I don't know, it will, it, feel, it will feel like such a shame. Um, but it's so hard to get music licensed that's actually good and stuff like that, which makes it like a huge struggle. <laughs> so yeah, I'm like, I'm very, I just feel very, very connected to music. And um, yeah, so I, I like to put a lot of time and effort into finding finding music. And it, it makes it, if it's a struggle, it just makes it like more interesting and more rewarding when you get a tune license or you get a tune that you yeah. can use and you're stoked on it and it goes with the edit and stuff yeah um my the recent edit i did with santa cruz that was insane like i spent months and months and months looking for tunes and then loads of the labels didn't get back to us so we couldn't use like ones that we really love oh, but they, in the end it all came through which was sick yeah is um, there like a is there one tune that stands out to you that you're super gutted that you weren't able to get hold of like is there something um, you can really want to use i had a really cool tune um from an artist called zion i like an og sort of I mean, I don't know. His genre is like very, he did like a bunch of sort of jungly stuff, uh-huh. just a bunch of like sort of old school rap, all kinds of stuff. Um, he's actually dead now. Okay. Um, but yeah, we just, the label just didn't get back to us. And I was just hope every day I was like, oh, please, like, can we get a reply? <laughs> we didn't get one. But who knows, maybe one day I'll be able to use it on another edit. Fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah. And I think being in Wales like has enabled you to like settle into that creativity and let it out. Like you've been able to get some land locally or you've got a couple of spots right where you've been building yeah. stuff how has all that stuff come together like is it easy to get set up yeah that's another like I, I really love it around here people often say to me like what are you doing why did you move to the UK stuff like that but I just really love it I, and particularly here in Wales where I live it's amazing like um it's very rural so there's amazing landscapes everywhere and there's a lot more opportunity to uh-huh. like find land that you can actually use and get creative on um so yeah, I've been super lucky to find in lockdown, my first spot, which I rent a bit of land off. Um, we have a little jump spot called Lucky Dip. Yeah. Um, in lockdown, I was meant to be going away and doing all, st- all kinds of projects and events and stuff. But obviously, because the travel was sort of halted for everyone, I wanted to get stuck into a project. So I um, asked a local farmer if he could rent me some land. So he was like, yeah, if you can, you know, if you can find a piece of a piece on my land that doesn't... Um, fall under like the grazing areas then let me know and we can see if if it like works so yeah. i found a really cool spot so we built that up in lockdown actually james from revs like did the digger work for that so that was sick um and then that's been evolving we've still got it now we've had like 
so many amazing sessions up there all the like all the people around here the whole crews like learned new tricks up there and just nice. had like sick time so yeah that's really cool um and then yeah recently in the last year um i've acquired a piece of land locally as well which is now like my boyfriend sam and i that's our like big project which which is just it's never gonna end we're gonna like <laughs> keep building up there forever i think so that's like been insane to get stuck into and get some big jumps bill and like yeah it's just the best yeah Super so stoked. is that the place where the santa cruz edit mice yes. mice movement was put together yes yeah tell yeah. us a bit about that then like how did that <clears throat> project come together and all the design and work that goes into creating that because again it was a pretty different like set of trails it wasn't just yeah straight air kind of big yeah. jumps kind of thing there was a lot going on there yeah i mean when yeah when we found the land last year we were like this is insane um and i've never i mean obviously you need a house to live in but all i've ever wanted to do is like own some land <laughs> i don't really care about like owning a house but if i can own land to mash about on and do what i want then that's the dream so end up finding that um even though it's around here and it's generally like quite a lot cheaper it was like a struggle to make it happen uh -huh. but somehow we pulled like all our life savings together and <laughs> ended up buying that so it was sick um and then we got stuck into a build for this video it's a video that i've been chatting about for a few years um but i've never been able able to find like land that i can uh -huh. use to build a, a longer jump line so yeah. when we found that to buy it was a uh, perfect really um and i've had ideas for years drawn down on like which features to build and stuff like that so um a bunch of those we built a bunch of them also sort of just like came with the lay of the land um like as we were building the line we were like oh sick like we could build a hip here you know like works perfect for the hillside and stuff like that and sam is like very creative as well and he's amazing and a digger so um when we put our heads or um, our minds together we were yeah. able to make a sick line um which actually it was insane and we had some insane sessions all summer long um but pretty much all of it has been knocked down now to rebuild yeah, more okay. stuff not yeah. even like we didn't want to knock it down but um with the plans we've had it's just naturally like we've changed a lot of it so it's pretty exciting like it's sad to like see some of those features <laughs> go but also it's exciting to just keep evolving it and yeah build i mean like you just progress with each build so we're like oh actually we could make this way bigger we could make this like yeah so nice it's exciting yeah and you've got it documented in that edit that lives on i guess so that yeah, the, exactly. the line always lives yeah, somewhere yeah. For, yeah. for everyone to see yeah and cool. we've got actually i've got a new i've been filming a series this year with adidas and we've got um another episode well the, the last episode of the series is filmed at the land as well so there's a couple uh. cool projects and like memoirs of the stuff that we've built so nice. yeah is that vision sick. chapters is yeah that, that's that project? it yeah. yeah yeah sweet yeah and then um, I want, I'm intrigued as to how you feel when an edit goes out there because it's very different to racing, right? You get your one race run on telly if you're lucky to qualify it fast enough. It's like the best run you can put down on that day on that track in those conditions, but anything can happen. Whereas an edit is like in theory polished. It's your best riding. You can shoot take after take after take yeah. if you want to like get it where yeah. you put it. So you're putting something out there that you're, I guess, like super happy with, super proud of. How does, how does it feel to put that in front of the world, like the bike world, to have it on the websites and to see people's comments and stuff? Like, is it a nervous day or is it exciting? How do you feel about it? Um, I mean, for me, like if it's an edit like that where we've we've done the whole thing from start to finish, like we've built everything, um, 
we've rebuilt a, a bunch of stuff a million times if like the weather's knocked it down or if it doesn't work quite well so there's been like so much time and effort and energy put into the build itself yeah. before there's even any riding going down on it um and then yeah to film obviously like you said you can do like a bunch of takes on stuff which is really cool so you can really put out your best work in both of those areas in the digging side and mm -hmm. in the riding side so for me to put out a project like that is just like i mean i don't even care what people think i'm just so stoked on like what we've done <laughs> and i'm so stoked on bringing it all together with like with jobo and those boys as well um so it's just like a huge achievement and it's just super, super rewarding to like pull it all together yeah um but there's always so much struggle that ha that goes on but like behind those edits there's so much that you don't see um like problems again like problems with weather and yeah. when we we built that line it was sick and then for some reason every every day we went up there to film it was just like fucking windy so so windy that we were like we'd be sitting there for hours waiting for the wind to die down um and then so a couple of the shots in there like ones i had envisioned to be different uh -huh. um where we're just making making do with the windy situations basically yeah um but it's just all part of it um, and I'm super stoked on how it came out. Yeah. Super stoked. Yeah. Do you ever look at the comments online with stuff um, like that? Do you try and avoid it? I mean, I used to. Yeah. I definitely used to. And I, and I like, I went through a phase of like, again, when I was racing, like I didn't really, I, I was never putting edits out or anything. Uh -huh. And it's quite like a humbling thing to put out something, which is like your best work and then have people just judging you for it. Yeah, totally. So um, it's an, it was, I went through like an interesting phase of, reading all the comments and really getting affected by them yeah. and thinking like, oh my God, this is what people actually think. Like, oh, fuck, oh, maybe I should do it differently. Or, you know, you like go through that that sort of journey of that. And then after some time you realize like, actually none of that matters. And not, people don't actually really know, they don't know you, they don't know yeah. what's going on um, in real life. And they don't know any of that stuff. And like, if that's what you enjoy and if you're stoked on it and if it's your best work and stuff like that, then that's all that really matters. So, right. and you know, never, you never know what people might be going through themselves to take out something on, on it's easy to pay, take something out on people online, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Know, like for some people it must be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So yeah. Especially like, again, okay, this is like a bit off topic, but in <laughs> lockdown, people were just going nuts online. Like they were angry. They were slating. I mean, me like personally, I know like, people like Tani and stuff as well uh -huh. they were getting some horrible comments just because people were like cooped up and like yeah, yeah. pissed off and I guess we live in Wales here and we, we, there's not many people around so we were still going out for little rides here and there yeah um and people were not stoked so yeah but that's really when I learned that like it just like just to you know switch off from people it. are going through their own shit and if they're yeah. angry about it then just ignore their stuff so yeah but it is yeah so now I'm just if I see a nice comment I'm super stoked and generally that's all that there is yeah and i'm stoked on it but if there's not a nice one i'm like yeah. chilling yeah <laughs> i'm that's stoked cool. on it so it's yeah. fine yeah and, and with that mice movement um edit you got the chance to premiere that in the yeah. like little cinema in morzine um with like a santa cruz evening how yeah. how is it putting it in front of actual people like there's all it's all well and good putting it online and having the comments but being in a room full of people seeing it must be a totally different experience oh for sure like I, actually that was a quite a last minute thing um Seb from Santa Cruz was just like a couple of weeks before he was like oh do you want to come to Morzine we could even do a premiere for your film and I was like oh my gosh yeah <laughs> I guess so um but I wasn't expecting it like the whole thing was fully booked out and there was insane amounts of people watching my edit um and uh, uh yeah I was just like very honored that 
so many people want to come and see the stuff that we've done and people really seem to like it and yeah I was super stoked all, all I really wish from it is that like I hope that it inspired some people to go get amongst it and yeah. I think it did so that's sick it must be a good buzz like to, oh, fit, to sure. feel the vibe in the room yeah right? yeah it's insane yeah it's insane that's cool that was really cool so yeah, yeah. and that was the same week as the Leger World Cup I saw yeah. you trackside on the whatever day it was yeah Saturday watching the racing yeah is is there any FOMO for you being at an event like that these days and being on the sidelines rather than being between the tape definitely not <laughs> I like I love like I love racing I love watching it um, it's an insane vibe, you know, the energy at like the end of it. I mean, especially that one in Leger, I was stoked that I just happened to go see the one where two French people won and the energy was insane. Um, but it's like nothing else. It's so cool to just, just to, to be a part of it and yeah. be a spectator and a supporter is like plenty for me. I have absolutely no FOMO of them, <laughs> like sending themselves down that trail. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Just love to be like supporting them yeah it was a good one to be at hell yeah the vibe is pretty insane these days and i hear that you're someone that sort of quite enjoys like the training aspect the gym work you're not someone that finds that a a grind so much maybe that's not true but that's what that's what i've been told um how has that changed for you like moving from racing downhill to like a more free ride style program like are you still doing it how how does it differ yeah um i mean for me like just exercise in general has always been something that I just love to do. Um, I find it like, it's just amazing. Like, I mean, obviously it's like good for your health, but especially for like your mental, for my mental health, it's amazing. Um, so I've always really liked like smashing, smashing the gym and like going out shredding all that kind of stuff. But, um, that's something I still do now. Like uh-huh. it's definitely harder to, to keep it consistent when there's like the free ride scenes amazing. Um, there's so many cool things happening all the time. And a lot of them like pop up really last minute. So, uh-huh. you know, like a week or two before you'll hear about a jam and you'll be like, okay, sick, I'll just go off to that. So during like sort of the on season, it's hard to maintain like it's consistent gym sessions yeah. and stuff. But when I'm home in the winter, um, I love just like getting in the gym and just, I just, it just makes me feel like, I mean, I'm sitting here injured now, but it makes me feel <laughs> strong and it makes me feel like hopefully it will like help to prevent injuries if I hit the ground. Yeah. Um, which hasn't really, I mean, I've injured myself a lot the last half of this year, but, um, I, yeah, I honestly think without having gymmed, it would be 10 times worse. So, yeah. um, yeah, just, I feel like more confident on my bike cause I feel stronger. Um, it all sort of like crosses over and I yeah. love it. Yeah, Are you doing sick. the same kind of stuff though? Like, um, no, well, I mean, when I was racing, it was a more like sort of high intensity stuff where you're puffing okay. out your ass yeah yeah um and like sprints and all that kind of stuff but now and now i mainly just try and like lift some heavy weights and just just so that i'm strong yeah okay. um, actually like over the last winter and what i'm still trying to work on now is um just lifting heavy so that i can put on i want to put on a bit of weight okay because when i go to those big air events like dark fest for example um if you're really light it actually makes your life pretty hard because you really need to carry speed uh-huh. um and if the lighter i am the harder it is to to carry speed and i have to like for some of the jumps i have to tuck in right behind someone and like try <laughs> and stay in this slipstream to okay. be able to like get enough speed to make some of the jumps yeah, no way um so i'd like to yeah i'd like to make that a bit easier for myself and try and like pack on a few pounds so that okay. i can carry more speed basically Fair. yeah so you're gonna go the muscle route and not the pie eating route then bit of both <laughs> <laughs> i'm hoping with a bit of both it will uh it will like do me some favors. Yeah, heavy yeah. Christmas. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> every day just yeah, mince pies. It. Yeah, 
Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say Dartfest is probably a place where like being strong is even more important. Like you're taking huge impacts potentially yeah. like the jumps there are massive. Yeah. Just talk us through like, well, how did the invite come around the first time? I think it was 2022, the first time you yeah. went to Dartfest. A couple of years ago. Yeah. 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 Um, it came around, uh, I guess like Sam Reynolds and, and the boys who ran the event, they really wanted to have some women there. Um, because the year before that would be at the out then called the Audi Nines. Yeah. Um, that was sort of the first time women got a chance to be at one of those events with the guys. Um, and I think they were all pretty mind blown about like the potential that we had. So uh -huh. Reynolds was like, "Hell yeah, we want to have some women." Um, and then through with Adidas and Five Ten, who also sponsored the event, um, we found a way to film a vision series episode there and then with the budget from that we could like help bring some women to the event uh, and like okay. get them yeah make sure that there's like a com for us and like that yeah. we can be a, a part of the event so it was a big collab and um yeah just a huge huge shout out to Reynolds and those boys for like believing in us and giving giving us that sick platform to to go to such an insane event it's literally just like, I can't even explain it. It's <laughs> insane. It's so sick. Yeah, what was it like when you landed and got to the, the venue for the first time? Because the jumps, <laughs> I mean, they look huge online, which yeah. means in reality, they must be ridiculous. Oh, like, huge. mate, I can't even. They're ridiculous. <laughs> and it doesn't get any, they don't get any smaller the second year. I can tell you that. <laughs> like, it's insane. It's like nothing else. Like, like I said before, like the only other event I'd been to or the only other place I'd ridden big-ish jumps was at the nines uh -huh. the year before. But that was they're like baby jumps compared so when we rocked up there i just i don't know i just like stood there looking up at these lips <laughs> thinking like what what the fuck <laughs> basically um but yeah with the with the whole crew that was there like there's an amazing crew of um like a, a handful of us girls there um obviously we none of us had been there before so we we're all in the same boat um but the guys were super supportive and like sort of coached us through everything um and we all pushed each other and just ended up having a sick time. And then this year when we came back, um, there was like huge amounts of progression. So yeah. yeah, amazing. It was insane. Yeah. How did you work up to those first few hits then that first year? Like what was the plan? How, uh, how do you get into Darkfest? Like how do you start? Um, I guess like they have another sort of little area of jumps called the Hells End Compound. Okay. Um, which... Uh, also massive jumps but nothing like dark fest again so we did a lot of riding there and like i mean e everyone did like even the guys were all yeah. warming up there having having a session stuff and then you sort of progress and then it's like right time to go just like weather's looking good let's go over and we're like oh god here we go and um their first like the most logical one to start with is the big step up because yeah. you can like get clean run into it um, and just hit it like on its own and session it. So yeah. that was actually like, I managed to hype up all the girls to do a train, like first run in, we did a train and we all, nice. all hit it together, which was sick. Like no run-ins, just straight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, obviously like we, you're, well, for me, I'm doing a lot of maths when I'm there. Like I'm not very good at maths, <laughs> but when I'm like, I'm doing a lot of like, have you seen that meme of the lady who's got all the equations like yeah, above her head? Around, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm like the whole time at Darkfest. I'm like watching everyone, seeing how much speed they're using, like seeing how they're running into lips, everything they're doing, like okay. to try and work out what I need to do. So yeah. we did. We didn't just run in blind and hit it. You know, we'd like yeah. thought about it a lot and we'd thought like how we're going to do it. So um, yeah, we ordered a train and then that sort of started off the week with insane amounts of hype and everyone was like super stoked to keep going so just done that a load of times to get used to the 
airtime and then just progress onto onto some other jumps. Um, yeah. But yeah, this year a, a few of us did top to bottom runs and that was like a very, very sick moment. Probably the most hype of my life actually. <laughs> There's some huge features on that. Yeah. Eh? There's are. an incredible picture of you like full suicide yeah. on one of the massive jumps. Like, yeah. How do you feel looking at that imagery? Like it must feel almost strange to see yourself in such, like the setting is just so 100%. insane. Yeah, like when I look at that photo, um, actually I just got it out the other day to send to someone and um, like Bergtech wanted to use it for something. And so I got it up again. When I look at that stuff, I'm like, damn, did I do that? That's <laughs> pretty gnarly. <laughs> um, but when you're there, like with the environment, you kind of get into this crazy zone where like, yeah, where everyone just, you just like believe in yourself and you just get it done basically. So yeah. it's sick. But that was actually like, that was at like seven in the morning or something that photo was taken. So okay. it was insane. It and you d- are you doing that because of like the air pressure change has an impact on um, speeds yeah. and everything actually like, the morning like the air is a lot denser so stuff doesn't run as fast but uh-huh. but depending on it's all de- it all depends on the wind that's sort of how they like judge their sessions you know if it's looking really windy one day then usually early morning yeah um it won't be as windy even though the air's a bit denser which makes it slower um there won't be as as much wind and then the sun won't be in your eyes as well so there's like quite a few factors to think about it's like very like sort of mathsy sciencey yeah. thing yeah um which makes it like quite sick i've like, learned a lot about um big air through being there sick yeah you like as a as a spectator or whatever you kind of just imagine everyone's just hucking their meat and yeah like, definitely not that brains are switched off and yeah. away you go but it's yeah. totally the opposite right there's a no. lot of calculation yeah yeah a hundred percent safety is yeah. actually a big part of it a hundred percent and yeah. you can't like you have to respect those jumps you know like if you just go like i've there are people who go into just hacking the meat and um it, it definitely bites back like it definitely pays to be a bit more tactical and just like have some respect for what you're riding yeah um yeah because it's fucking massive some of those <laughs> like some of those lips you go up them and you just feel like you're riding up a mountain and then you're just in the air for ages and then pff, it's crazy Such but, a sick but feeling. you've obviously got a buzz for it right you're keen to go back yeah yeah for sure it's sick yeah it's really sick and you landed on the front page of one of the newspapers out there yeah crazy yeah that that photo we were just talking about yeah um it got on the cover of the cape times which apparently is like a massive newspaper in south africa so super stoked on that yeah and big up to uh to Mr. Shin, who took the photo. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And um, how does the vibe then differ? Like you've spent time in the World Cup circuit and you've spent time at these big air events like Dartfest. Like I'm guessing it's it's pretty different, right? The, the lack of sort of competition, I guess, changes things. But it looks, it always looks super supportive. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I mean, I haven't been in the racing for so long now that I almost like, I can't compare the two because I I don't really fully remember uh-huh. the the vibe of it, and I'm sure it's changed a lot. And also, I'm sure it, like it's very subjective to what team you're on and who you're hanging out with in the pits and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. But when I was racing, it was that I had a really cool crew of girls that I used to do practice days with, and it was really supportive, and everyone was kind of like sort of hyping each other up and like taking the next features off and sections nice. off and stuff which was really cool so almost similar then yeah to like yeah for sure kind of but you i mean you always get like there's always people are on different vibes which was absolutely fine like some people were there to purely make a statement you know yeah and uh to be on a bit more of a competitive vibe but i guess if you just find the circle of people that you 
um, us on a similar energy too, then yeah. you're going to have a sick time. But yeah, yeah, dark, like for example, Dark Faces is very like, it's, it's just sick. Everyone's like, everyone's just hype for each other and it's nice. such a good time. Yeah, and it's been great to see not only more women at these events, but women and men kind of competing or whether competition is the right word, but like being there alongside each yeah. other is super cool. You've been quite involved in the women's scene over here in the UK with some Project Evolve stuff over the last couple of years uh, just tell us a little bit about about that and some of the events that you've been running and how that's all gone yeah for sure like um Sean Becky and myself kind of I don't know a couple of years ago we were just chatting we went to a pub and we we're just chatting about how we can like we wanted to do something cool for to help bring up the I guess women's free ride scene here in the UK um because you can't help but notice there's so many cool events popping up all over the world for like women's specific free ride stuff mm-hmm. um but there's not really been anything in the UK. Um, so, I, and for a couple of years now, I've been waiting. I've been every year, I'm like, something will happen this year. Like, you know, I'm, I'm excited for it and just nothing will. Yeah. So I think we all kind of collectively came together with that same thought and we were like, we're just going to have to make it happen ourselves. Um, so yeah, we started working on Project Evolve. We had an event at um, Revs, which was insane. It was so, so sick to see, like just to bring everyone together who's sort of like-minded and doesn't matter what, yeah, what we wanted to do it, was have it for all skill levels you know yeah. it doesn't matter what level you're at um everyone can come and sort of ride in the same place and just like get hyped up by seeing each other ride and riding with new people meeting new people and that surely is going to grow the scene so that's what we were aiming to do and that's what we did at the first one which was sick and it sold out like super quick yeah how, how many women were there i mean because it was at revs obviously there's an the uplift so you can't have it's got to have a limited yeah. amount um and we were like should we do like a hundred and we'll like, cause that's how many they could do for the uplift. And yeah. we're like, I don't know if we'll get that many people, but we'll just call it a hundred anyway. And it sold out super quick. And then we had like messages on messages of more <laughs> women, like, please, please can I get in? Like I'm, I didn't get a ticket. So we ended up having like way over capacity because <laughs> we couldn't say no to people. Um, but yeah, it was insane. It was so sick. And we've got some more, um, we had an indoor skate park one earlier this year, yeah. which was also really sick. Um, just to mix it up and you know it's winter so it'd be cool to do something indoors um and there's amazing young you know like girls down like i mean like 12 year old down like just absolutely shredding um and it was so cool to meet them all and like see what they're up to um and we've got some more stuff in the pipeline too for sort of later in the in the winter so yeah looking forward to just keeping it going and there's more and more stuff popping up now like the go on girls are doing some sick jams um and we're going to link up with them to do something uh early next year as well so that should be sick yeah Yeah. so there's loads happening now and i hope i'm hoping it's like sort of got the ball rolling for that kind of thing and there'll just be more and more of it because there's so many amazing riders here in the uk and there's such like amazing things for them to ride and like places to go and shred and stuff like that but to bring them all together to like sort of grow the whole thing is yeah. important i think yeah it was incredible i have some i saw some video footage from the revs jam yeah and just to see everyone like together shredding like the amount of people that were hitting vision line yeah and, like yeah from really young like yeah. young girls up it was yeah, so yeah. cool like the vibe looked amazing yeah it was sick it was so sick yeah it's like i mean if i i wish i had more time to like make it or with all like Sean, Becky and myself, we all wish we had more time to make them happen like all the time. But we have such busy lives that it's uh it's hard to like sort of work on something for the future. But yeah. we've got some more stuff lined up so it's sick. Nice. It's just like a bit 
yeah, it's not like going to be once every couple of months. It'll be more like once a year or something. Yeah, but, it's um, fair enough. Yeah. It's but, a start, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do, exactly. You, do you feel like you're seeing the impact of increased representation though? Because we are seeing more women taking part at like high level free ride events. Yeah. Do, do you feel like that's trickling down and we're starting to see more younger women coming into the sport? Definitely. Girls into the sport, yeah. yeah, definitely. Like you can't, den- it's everywhere. You can't deny it. Like there's, there's like young girls shredding everywhere and they're all like absolutely killing it. <laughs> so it's so sick. Like yeah. I think that that is all, it's all about that. Like if you see it, you can do it sort of thing, you know, like when I was, when I was younger growing up, there were no um, professional free ride women to look up to. And like, yeah. I mean, I, even though the guys are out there doing it, sometimes it's, it's a lot more motivating and you believe you can do it more if you see other women doing it you know so that's it's just yeah now with the industry like supporting us doing what we're doing it's just gonna keep growing the scene and there's like such young girls getting into it and it's amazing like the next generation of women's free riders are gonna be next level and i'm super excited to see where it it goes yeah it's super cool i was on uh, an uplift at dovey a month or two ago and it took me a while to realize but like halfway up the uplift i was like hang on a minute there's less guys in this van than women, including the driver who was male. I was like, that's the first time I've ever been <laughs> no at a bike-related thing where there's more, yeah, more yeah. women than guys. Yeah. I was like, actually, that's super cool. Like, yeah, it's sick. been a long time coming, but yeah, we're, we're heading in that that's direction. That's really cool. Yeah, it's like it's definitely it's blowing up. Like I, when I was a kid, well, I started riding when I was about thirteen, um, and it'll be very rare that I turn up to a spot and there'd be another woman there. Yeah, like when there was I'd be like oh it would almost be like oh my god there's a woman like <laughs> what's going yes. on this is cool <laughs> yeah and now like yeah I mean like you said it's like 50 50 most of the time if not more so yeah, yeah it's really exciting it's cool I'm big stoked. changes yeah yeah and you've obviously got some plans for more like grassroots events in the UK yeah do you ever see yourself hosting like a bigger jam like on the international scene like you obviously you've got some builds going on yeah but- definitely we're gonna actually host one next year which should be sick here um, in Wales? Yeah. So um the back the Backyard Battle series, which is a series that Monster Energy sort of started doing this, have only started this year. Yeah. Um, which is such a cool concept. It's it's basically like t- uh different riders who ride for Monster, um the ones who have setups that they've been building. Um, they'll bring like their mates and their favourite riders and just people who they're inspired by to their backyard to have a big jam, basically. Um and we've been they've had three this year which have all been really really sick um and they're gonna add another one to the stop next year which will be our one so sam and i are gonna host one at our backyard which is why we're flat out digging at the moment um so it should be sick just to bring like some amazing free riders to the uk and to wales like to this tiny little town that we live in it's gonna be sick yeah some random welsh field yeah i know it's cool i know it's gonna be so random but yeah um, i think it'll be a good time and yeah yeah super excited do you feel a lot of pressure on that build then as a result um I don't know I kind of I have like a lot of faith in the stuff that Sam and I build together so um there's definitely time pressure like to get Uh it done in time um with you know you just never know what the weather's gonna do and how much stuff you're gonna have to rebuild yeah um but we've got a good head start and we're getting stuck in pretty hard so I think I'm not stressing yet. We'll see what happens closer to the time. Yeah, and you <laughs> got some. You got some big machinery up there. You yeah. en- are you enjoying digger life? I love it. I'm like for the last few years, I've I've been getting sort of learning the ropes of of operating a digger. Yeah. Um, and it's taken. I mean, it's so it's it's tough. It's like a very very hard thing to do. Um, to do it well and to do right. it like smoothly and naturally. 
Um, but in the last sort of little period, I felt like it's coming more naturally to me and I'm not having to think about a million things at once. So when the progression starts to come, it's like addictive <laughs> and I just want to get in the digger like every day and get, especially now I've got a shoulder injury. I'm like, yes, diggering like every day is sick. Do you enjoy that as much as the riding almost? Like, is this starting to become yeah. an, a real enjoyment from the digging as yeah, well? Yeah, I actually do. Like it's, a, it's definitely like on par, I think. Like, I mean, not just sitting in a digger, but just digging in general, like yeah. trail building and stuff. I, it's like even for me and I think I just like I said earlier with my childhood like having a balance of things has always been like yeah I mean variety is a spice of life isn't it for sure so uh so being able to sort of divide my time between riding and digging is like just keeps insane enjoyment between the two and they like both progress each other and it's just a sick yeah I love it it's so good awesome I'm excited to see what you put together it'll be uh, impressive no doubt cheers you mentioned injury um mountain biking comes hand in hand with it right it's a dangerous sport and things do go wrong sometimes <clears throat> yeah you you suffered a concussion earlier this year right yeah tell us a bit well how did it happen first um actually it was at the first backyard battle um we'd had an insane week shredding and i was absolutely knackered it was the last last session of the last day um and i was like just super tired actually i was like kind of unwell as well but right at the end of the session a few boys decided to hit this like this huge step down into this massive jump um and they were like come on vero like and i was like okay sick <laughs> fuck it i'm just gonna do it normally i'm very calculated um but i just was like no not today i'm just gonna send it yeah um and it bit back oh, <laughs> i like no. I hit the massive drop i was super stoked um and i just didn't i didn't do my calculations like I normally do. Uh-huh. Um, and I just overshot this jump basically and just landed heavy, smacked my head insanely hard. Um, I've not had a big knockout like that in a long, long time. So, so you were out cold. Yeah. 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 I was out cold when I woke up. It was like a bit overkill, I think, but there was like four ambulances and helicopters there. No and I was way. like, I had no idea what was going on, obviously, because I'd just been knocked out. I was like, what the fuck? What's going on? Um, but I mean, it's, like in Austria, like it's better to be safe than sorry, I yeah, guess. So yeah, yeah. kind of sick to see that normally it's like, oh no, we can't get hold of an ambulance. It's not going to come for another couple hours. But there it was like, everything was there, whatever you need. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I, I separated my shoulder and um, I had a pretty gnarly concussion, um, which was a, there was a big learning curve in the recovery of that. But now I'm, yeah, I've learned so much from it. And yeah. it was like, it was a, pretty hard struggle for the first sort of month um learning how to move through this i guess side effects of the concussion yeah. and stuff what kind of symptoms did you have then um just like extreme sort of anxiety and depression and all that kind of stuff okay. really kicked in I've, I, I've always yeah i've never quite experienced it like that before um and it took some figuring out and it, I've, yeah, I mean, like people actually on, like I put on Instagram if people had any suggestions for it because yeah. it got to a point where I just couldn't figure out what to do and how to shake it. Um, and obviously like you have to just work through it. You can't just get rid of it. But a lot of people on Instagram gave me some really good advice. Okay. Um, and then in the end, like what really helped me to recover from it was to meditate like every day. Okay. Um, meditation is something I've always tried to do but I've I've always been like oh, I can't do it you know I can't like <laughs> my brain won't quieten down I can't do it um but it was just a, a matter of finding the right type of meditation yeah, okay um something that like resonated with me that, yeah. and that worked for me and 
um yeah that's something that I still do pretty much every day and okay. it's like really changed it's changed my life to be honest like yeah sick yeah so what kind of meditation did you end up with what's the style that you um, use um I ended up reading a book called the power of now which mm-hmm. is an amazing book highly, Tolle, yeah I, I highly recommend yeah, yeah. um I actually I I, I listened to the audiobook version because I'm not very good at reading but Fair. um yeah the way he describes meditation is it just like really worked for me mm-hmm. before I'm just, when I'm sat there I'm trying to just like be still and my mind's trying to be still but it just won't work yeah. and I'm like ah oh, come on like you know it never worked before and I just ended up being like oh, it's not for me I can't yeah, it's meditate. It's a frustrating yeah. practice when yeah. it's like that yeah. But the way he describes it um, he sort of puts it in a different way where he gives you something to focus on he gives you like it sounds weird but you're focusing on feeling the insides of your of things in your body like the yeah, insides yeah. of your hands the insides of everything and yeah. and that like really stills you and centers you and and that's like like a home base kind yeah. of thing they call it right like yeah somewhere yeah. to to focus your attention and yeah exactly yeah. it's um, mad what you can feel when you start actually yeah. trying to feel yeah. stuff like i know it's crazy yeah. and it's it's uh really like translated into a lot of um different aspects of my life you mm-hmm. know not just helping with my concussion but um even in my riding like to sort of focus me and like get rid of nervousness and stuff like that okay. before i'm doing stuff um and just in general like i have i have ocd which okay. isn't what people think it's not being really tidy it's not being really <laughs> dialed like that it's a it's like a neurobiological condition um which makes it pretty tricky to uh focus and to like be calm and with like inwardly in a lot of circumstances but meditation again has pretty much like helped me to i want to say almost like to cure that whole thing um, which is something that i've lived with my whole life so it's yeah. literally i like yeah i can recommend meditation interesting if, if i'm if you if you can't resonate with it just keep trying to find like different yeah, methods try a different version yeah, yeah try and find and eventually like i'm a strong believer if you really like want something you put effort into trying to find it mm. it will present itself to you at some point you know so yeah, yeah so the, with cool. the meditation like like you say helping you in general life is that uh, like a byproduct of having meditated for a period of time do you think or are you like oh, I'm doing an OCD kind of thing I'll do a meditation does that make sense yeah 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 so yeah for sure like I mean and with that with the power of being able to utilize it it kind of helps you to it takes you out of your if you're wrapped up in your shit you know it, it gives you the power to be able to like snap you out of that and almost look down on what's happening yeah and and uh see it from a different perspective and not so that you're not all wrapped up in it and all caught up in what's going on and you you have the power to step out of it and be like oh this is going on yeah okay let me just like recenter everything and then it just calms everything down um and yeah in all situations and like you know if you're getting wrapped up in something that you're stressed about or if you're angry or emotional about something it just you can use that it's like a tool to just to cure like everything i swear <laughs> so good cool. um yeah so yeah. yeah like in a way i mean concussion sucks but in a way like um without it i wouldn't have been able to my life's so busy that i never would have given myself the time to um really like focus in on trying to meditate and yeah. trying to find the right type of meditation for me um and without that i wouldn't have found this like tool that i can now use with yeah everything in my life so it's really cool that's nice. how yeah. long do you dedicate or do you try and dedicate per day to it like are you doing it on a daily basis or? yeah i mean like 
when I had my concussion, I, I was doing it a lot. Like okay. throughout the day, I would do it multiple times mm-hmm. all the time. I'd be like, I'd do it in the morning when I wake up. I'd go out on a walk and do it whilst I'm out. Like yeah. all kinds of, just so that I can like, because it didn't come naturally to me. I really had to work on it yeah. to make it, to be able to do it properly. Um, but after putting a lot of time and effort into it, um, it's something that I can now sort of just snap into pretty quickly. Nice. So now, I mean, I don't even, I, I'd, I'd like to do it every day, but I'd, I, some days I do it every day. Some days I just do it like every other day. Yeah. But normally just like in the morning or just before I go to to sleep, I do yeah. it. And what, like five minutes, 10 minutes, half an yeah, hour? Not even like, like oh, really? a couple okay. minutes. Yeah. 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 Just to be in that space. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 And um, how long, how long were you doing it for before you started to feel some benefits? Um, Before, like, I mean, I would, I was probably doing it for like a month hard every day. I was like thinking about it all the time, trying to do it all the time when I, when I was, when I had my concussion, um, before it started actually coming naturally to okay. me, um, I definitely went through a phase of like being like, Oh fuck, I can't, you know, like I can't feel the inside of my hands, what's going on. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah. And then, but then like, again, if you just put energy in, like you really want something, you put a lot of time and effort into it. Yeah. Eventually it starts to come like naturally. So that's just what happened. And yeah. And then at, at one point it just clicked and I was like, yes, Oh my God, it's working. Sick. That's cool. Yeah. It's really what, cool. What did that click feel like what changed does that make sense um i don't know like I, I mean i guess it just sort of like it just did feel like that like one day i just i just been doing it all the time and i guess it did like gradually become more natural yeah but then it, one day it just felt like oh my god it's this like is there yeah and it would and it would be like with my concussion i, I had a lot like i said before i felt like pr- pretty extreme anxiety at times and um I would try and use that in those circumstances and sometimes, I mean, I wouldn't for a long time. And then at one point when I, when I was able to catch myself in those anxious states and start to use the meditation, that was when it became a thing that would like that a tool that I could use, I could actually snap myself out of the anxiety and like use it to pull me out of it. Um, that was like a pretty significant moment. So, yeah, that's yeah, amazing. So, so big up to everyone at Instagram who like recommended meditation because there was a lot of people, a lot of things were recommended, a lot of things were really cool. But that one for me was like life-changing. So yeah. Nice. Ah, that's Sick. awesome. It's cool that you stuck with it as well. Yeah. And that it's helping in day-to-day like yeah, yeah. post the concussion. Yeah, that's- I think it's like, I mean, it's probably not for everyone, but in this in the time that we live in, it's, it's so hectic, isn't it? Yeah, like so much shit going on everywhere so much like stimulation and I think it's important to do it yeah yeah I'm with you it's good Sick. stuff and then you picked up a little shoulder injury as well recently was that yeah how did actually, that one happen yeah this <laughs> this one happened a couple no not, probably almost a month ago now um riding in Barcelona I just had a little crash I was actually again I was super ill for like a week and I was at an event and I felt like I should I'm here now like I should at yeah. least try to ride even though I feel horrendous um but I just was super weak so I just had a slam just case the jump had a slam and dislocated my shoulder. So at the moment I'm just trying to get it fixed. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's getting there. It's uh, I just, I, yeah, realized the other, oh, I was told the other day that it hadn't actually, it was super painful for a couple of weeks and it realized it hadn't actually popped back in properly. So that's why it was causing me grief. So uh, okay. hopefully now that it's in its place, it will yeah. recover pretty quick, but I just want to, yeah, for the last sort of half of the year, I haven't been able to ride as, as well and as much as I'd like to because I've just been injured. Uh-huh. So I'd love to get back on the bike and just shred <laughs> for a good <laughs> Sam and I pardon me. We're gonna go to New Zealand in January. So okay. that'll be a nice bit of time to just like get back on the bike, 
yeah. ride in the sun and like yeah reconnect with it good a bit. Times. yeah that's it and meanwhile yeah. you can drive a digger so you're all good exactly could be worse <laughs> exactly yeah and this year you picked up a, a monster deal as well which yeah is a is a big thing for any athlete right yeah. to get a, an energy drink support yeah yeah like what what does that mean to you what does that enable you to do i mean to be like for the last couple of, since i went to dark fest the first year actually that's when i met all the monster crew yeah. and they're all insanely sick people like they're just like the loveliest people they are so supportive they love they love like coming out and watching everyone ride at dark fest and at all these events um they love to party which is sick um so that's when i sort of started chatting to, the, to them just not even chatting about a deal just hanging out with them they're yeah. all really cool people and we just like are on the same page with a lot of stuff so um oh i had no idea that this was coming my way sam sort of like i they monster said they never um like give out surprise helmets or anything okay. but because my boyfriend sam's on monster he was like let's make it a surprise and he like talked to them and chatted everything through and then they surprised me with the helmet um at the at paul cadet's backyard battle a few uh -huh. months ago um so i'm so stoked i'm just stoked like to be heavily involved with that crew now and for the opportunity just so sick to work with a brand who's gonna create opportunities like the backyard battle and like yeah cool video projects and stuff that i just like that's the dream for me to make stuff like that happen so yeah it's fucking sick that's really cool yeah, yeah and i guess there's money there to help fund projects and dig in and all that kind yeah, of stuff it's like, which is yeah. amazing to me that's the most that's the most valuable thing to have like to have a company that supports the ideas and like, yeah, just the ideas I have and the stuff yeah. I want to do, like the jams and all that kind of stuff. So I'm looking forward to seeing what we can do together. It should be sick. Nice. And it's a bit like coming into 2024, it's a bit of a challenging year for the mountain bike industry. There's a lot of brands that are in tricky positions for many, many different reasons. And athletes to some extent are suffering from that, right? There's less money available. Do you feel that in the kind of area that you're in or is it helpful like having monster kind of out of industry, I guess, like energy drink sales, I mm. assume is still pretty good. Does that help protect you from what's going on or do you still feel some of that like challenge to fund projects and stuff? Yeah. I mean, like it's definitely very noticeable that there's, a, that the industry is struggling right now. Like a lot of companies um, on some of my contracts, companies have had to say like, look, we're really sorry we can't pay you as much anymore and stuff, which is like just a sign of the times. Yeah. Um. So that's why it is really, really sort of valuable to have companies like Monster that are in the industry, but they don't depend on the mountain yeah. bike sales and the industry like that to to be able to support their athletes. Um. So yeah, that's really sick. But most, yeah, the brands I work with are super supportive anyway. Um. And I guess it's more of like, you just got to kind of adapt, I think, like in times like this to make projects happen and stuff. You just got to try and almost collab uh -huh. more stuff and, and yeah. see if you can make stuff happen. But every project I do, I I put a lot of my own money into it anyway, because <laughs> okay. it's just something that is like a lot of it's like partially pa a passion product project, you know. So yeah. um, if something I want to make happen, I don't care. I'm just going to try and make it happen anyway. That's um, cool. Yeah. It's a good so, approach. Yeah, yeah. But it's there's it's always supported in some way from a sponsor, which is really sick. Yeah. Um, and because I'm doing what I love, I just feel like so sort of blessed that I'm even getting any support for it. So um, but yeah, it's it's def you definitely do notice that yeah. companies are struggling. Do you find that always pays back though when you put your own money in and like make something happen? 
like good stuff comes off the back of it. it might not be financial but it's yeah. like that next you know a sponsor that maybe hadn't seen you before yeah. like sees an edit and comes on yeah, board yeah. Or... I think it's yeah it's like an investment as well like if you show like yeah you've got a you've got to put yourself out there and put in the effort to show that you're worthwhile getting hooked up or like worthwhile getting um helped out to do another project yeah. so yeah I don't I just see it as something that like if I have a project to get stuck into that's when I'm the most that's when I'm the, I'm the happiest <laughs> when I have something like big to work on so yeah. even if it's not fully supported I'm just like stoked to have something to get my teeth stuck into nice. um but yeah it's sick like and I'm very blessed that I I get support to make stuff like that happen now, cool. which is sick. Yeah. So what's next then? We've got backyard battles and a big build going for that. Sounds like there's some evolved bits and pieces and yeah. co-labs with Go On. Is there is there other stuff on the big list of Vero's projects? Um, there's a, yeah. So there's, sorry. <laughs> there's, um, I mean, there's all the jam events that I'll be going to like this coming yeah. season, like the the fest stuff, the backyard battles, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and... Sam and I are going to shoot a video project next year as well, which is like, okay. we're still discussing that with Monster, but we've got some pretty sick ideas for it. Um, and that's like going to be the backyard battle. And this video project is going to be like the main focus okay. for the year um, amongst like a load of other things going on. But those two are the things that I'm the most stoked for and like the big projects that we're getting stuck into. So it should be a sick time. I'm yeah, really looking forward to it. An exciting year ahead. Yeah. If people want to follow you and keep up to date with like what you're doing, where's the best place for them to be looking? Um, I guess like Instagram, sometimes TikTok. Okay. I often forget about TikTok, but sometimes I'll post on there. <laughs> You're the first athlete that said TikTok to me. Yeah, I like times are changing. I know. Like at first, I was like, oh, TikTok, you know, Ugh, whatever. <laughs> but then I, I like went on it, and I was like, oh my god, TikTok's actually sick. Okay, like it's better than Instagram. I want to say Instagram oh. is like, in my eyes, kind of dying. I don't know. Okay. It's like it it's seems, changed a lot. Yeah, it seems to be. It's not as fun as it used to be there's a lot of i don't know like yeah it's a bit more dead than it used okay. to be for sure yeah um so tiktok's not just funny dances no like there's okay. so much, i mean it depends your algorithm very really much really depends on what kind of stuff you watch on there i guess yeah. but there's some really cool like super educational stuff on there some really like actually in, with my i didn't go on my phone a lot during my concussion but afterwards um i went on there there's some really cool like sort of neuro doctors on there that are like okay. educating you on stuff there's all kinds of really sick stuff there's some really funny stuff too there's a bit of, there's a bit of everything okay <laughs> i don't want to sell it too much but um <laughs> it's actually quite a sick platform nice um well, where do so people yeah. find you on tiktok what's your name on there? just veronique sandler okay. i think yeah all right i'll dig out links same as my instagram yeah. TikTok. yeah 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 <laughs> it can be like i mean like if you're bored and you go on there you could get stuck on there for a while but um <laughs> as with all these apps yeah, right for sure they're designed sure. to take our attention yeah 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 that's yeah. it but yeah mainly just check just instagram that's where i sort of update on what i'm up to all right yeah nice well I'll stick links to those and some of your edits your recent edits in the show notes people can find that sick but yeah thanks for it's been nice catching up five years a lot's gone on and yeah. it's cool to see like where you've come from and where you're at now and uh yeah looking forward to seeing what the next year holds because it sounds like there's some some big projects on the line hell yeah big up man sick to chat nice thanks for Till next time yeah in a bit cheers bye 
All right, that's it for this episode with Vero. I really hope you've enjoyed it. Don't forget, if you want 10% off the 2023 yearbooks for Downhill and Enduro, Hurley Burley and the World Stage, then you can use the code DOWNTIME over at misspentsummers.com. You can also use that code to get 10% off anything on the website until the end of December 2023. These yearbooks and the other misspent goodies are the perfect Christmas gifts, either for yourself or friends or partners who ride. So head to misspentsummers.com now and check out what they have to offer. A massive thanks to We Are One Composites for supporting this episode. Downtime listeners get an extra special 20% off of their awesome Convergence wheel set and rims for the month of November by using the code DOWNTIMENOVEMBER2023 at the checkout over on weareonecomposites.com. That's Downtime with a capital D, November with a capital N and the number 2023 with no spaces at weareonecomposites.com. If you want to help support the podcast, the best way to do that is by heading over to patreon.com forward slash downtime podcast and setting up a donation. That's Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Also, we've got merch which is updated and is now delivering locally in the US as well as the UK. We've got new products, so whether it's t-shirts, sweatshirts and hoodies or mugs, stickers and tote bags, we've got you covered at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. Make sure you're following the podcast by hitting that button in your podcast app or by heading to downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow. You can also get a little bit of extra downtime by signing up to our newsletter at downtimepodcast.com forward slash newsletter. All right, that's it for today. We're going to have another awesome episode coming up really soon. But until next time, get out and ride.